0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Well, he's back in the bullpen today. We got Kenny Hsu. Kenny Hsu is the author of An Inconvenient Minority and President of Color Us United. Has worked as director for media outreach against California Proposition 16. Those are your race preferences. And written a national publication, and written for national publications like City Journal, Journal, The Federalist, The Daily Signal, and Washington Examiner. Our Kenny, thank you for coming back, brother. How are you?
1: Thanks for having me again.
0: Absolutely. we're going to chop it up about critical race theory and how it correlates to education in the school system. I don't mm-hmm. want to presume what you know or believe about this topic, so I'm going to allow you to give us your sentiment.
1: We discussed previously, you know, while before we got on the call about what we wanted, critical race theory—the definition of it—seems um, to me that you argue that critical race theory is challenges liberal or mainstream approaches to racial justice, um, and argues that racism is, or the experience of racial inequity in this nation is primarily because of structures. Uh, Not because of individual prejudices. Um, My opinion on this matter is that when we teach, I want to correct
0: you. I want to correct you on one
1: thing. That is the study of critical
0: race theory. That does not mean that is the sentiment of everyone who studies critical race theory. Sure. Just so you understand, there's a significant difference
1: in that. Sure, sure. Well, I when it comes to education. You know, when it comes to pedagogy and teaching children, I think we need a more empowering racial narrative than critical race theory. That's that's basically my argument. Okay, uh, you are aware that critical race theory is not
0: taught in K through twelve education.
1: Uh, that's not true. That's okay. definitely not true. Um, we've had I've I've had the pleasure of investigating several districts that have instituted things like. Black Lives Matter in the schools. That's not critical race theory. The, the, you know it's principles that's not, based that's off. That's of not. critical, critical race, race theory. theory. It's pretty principles based off of critical race theory. It's it's saying that the United States is a systemically racist country, mm-hmm. uh, that white people are inherently prejudiced against black people, uh, that structures of society collaborate uh, to attempt to, you know, denigrate or destroy black people in this country. Yeah. That's critical race theory. So, so let, me,
0: let me help you out here uh, because I mm-hmm. think you're confused. Uh, critical race theory is a theoretical framework. It's an advanced theoretical construct, uh, typically taught in advanced level collegiate studies. As a matter of fact, most collegiate studies or most college degrees do not require that you even learn one of those theories. But if you get to graduate doctoral, even law school studies, you learn critical race theory, uh, you do certain research in and uh, research programs, you're going to learn things like grounded theory, etc. That's the way to analyze data. So it's are you aware of driven? Allow me to finish, sir. It's a yeah, data yeah. driven approach. Um, I will give you an example of what critical race theory uh, looks to deconstruct as a theory, okay? Um, Let me take you to 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. You want to explain to us what that act was about?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, it excluded, was it? it was a law passed by you know the federal government that excluded Chinese from coming to this country. And okay. immigrating successfully into this country.
0: Was that racist, bigoted, prejudicial? Of course. Okay, was that constructed by a law statute institutional government?
1: Yeah, of course, it's the Chinese Exclusion Act.
0: That's right. That's what critical race theory seeks to examine under the theoretical core that racism plays a part in the institutional norms, ordinances, laws and statutes that are normative. During the time okay. of its passing, it was normative, the majority of Americans agreed, the majority of those in the world at that time in our country agreed with exclusionary doctrine. And it did. It was not limited to the Chinese. There was exclusionary doctrine, doctrine related to descendants of Africans that said, even if you're born on American soil, if you are black, you are African, you are not in fact American. That was another form of exclusionary doctrine. Critical race okay. theory seeks to understand the connection between the law that was passed, which you have admitted was rooted in racism and how to deconstruct it because it did in fact create an inequity beyond the exclusion.
1: That's it, it's real simple.
0: And once again-
1: Do you believe we've made progress since then, since the passage of the Chinese Exclusion Act?
0: Yes, sir, absolutely.
1: Good. Yes. Progress has been made. So I mean, this is this is what this is what I'm talking about then. I, I'm okay. saying the way that race is taught in schools, which is what I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. We should teach race, and yes, we should teach the historical racism. What I'm opposed to teaching is I'm opposed to teaching that that racism still defines people's abilities to get ahead in this country today. That's really interesting.
0: Um, you say that in the late 1800s laws did in fact limit um, the Chinese from getting ahead in this country. But that has all of a sudden, all of that has
1: completely 100% evaporated, correct? I mean, it is gradually, I mean, it's not 100% of evaporated, mm-hmm. but it is gradually, yes. You know, okay. grown to become critical not, race a factor, theory
0: does not, disagree not a significant factor
1: that. in the elevation of people in this country. Yes, critical race theory doesn't disagree with you on
0: the gradualism of progress and change. And so I don't know what beef you have with that. Let me take you back to your proclamation in the beginning of our conversation that critical race theory is, in fact, taught. In K-12 education. There was a study, there was a survey done by, this was an American education survey that said, hey, are you all teaching critical race theory? 96% of the educators said no, there is no critical race theory being taught in our institutions. And the vast majority of those educators polled were actually 100% against it ever being taught in K-12 education. Even those that were aware of the concept and generally Friendly to the notion of critical race theory, also say it should not be taught in K through 12 education. My question to you is: With 96% of educators, public school educators being surveyed, saying no, we do not teach that in the school system, and with the vast majority of them also saying it should not be taught in K through 12 education because it is an advanced theoretical framework, and with many of them actually being friendly to the concept of critical race theory, how is it that all of a sudden critical race theory inside of school systems has become a primary debate? when it is really virtually not being done. And you have states like Texas that have passed laws, an entire state law that says, if you teach the KKK, you cannot add deference to the teaching. Meaning you cannot teach them as morally reprehensible. You cannot add deference morality or ethics to that teaching anymore. Don't you find it more offensive that we can no longer call the KKK evil? in the United States of America, primarily by way of a state of Texas. Don't you find that to be more egregious in our education system than what maybe 4% of educators say they teach?
1: Have you heard of critical pedagogy? Of course I have. Have you heard of Paulo Freire? Of course. Okay, so you must have heard of the term critical consciousness. Mm -hmm. The idea of critical race theorists in education, you know, if you want
0: to answer my question school. about Texas, or the
1: Texas law—I'm so tracing to you the the valid concern that many people raise about critical race theory in schools. The 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 Teachers College, Columbia, Harvard mm-hmm. Law School, is implementing what critical pedagogy is—is is the implementation of critical theoretical practices into education and in mm-hmm. practice. So you're not going to say, "Okay, we're teaching you critical race theory," <laughs> but. you're you're assuming the premises of critical race theory. I'll give you an example, stark example, ethnic studies recently passed in California, done a ton of research on ethnic studies. It explicitly says in its liberated ethnic studies model curriculum, we're going to use a critical consciousness to evaluate the marginalized races in this country. That is blacks, Asians,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, Chicano, uh, Latin Americans and Native Americans. Ethnic studies is basically teaching from an oppressor oppressed framework. And within those, and I've, I've taken a look at the curriculum, that's what it is. It is critical pedagogy put into practice.
0: You know, that's really interesting. So you still didn't address what I said about Texas passing a law that says you can no longer provide deference in the teaching as it relates to the KKK, which is a known evil. I'm a former high school teacher. You don't just teach curriculum, you also teach character and that's part of the process of education. It's not just about the knowledge it's also about the application of that knowledge in the correct manner. Do you agree with the Texas law that says the KKK by law can never be taught? As an evil or an adversarial aspect of the United States of America.
1: Yeah, I would need to know more context about the Texas law. Okay, you do that. We'll bring you
0: back next time so you can chop it up about that Texas law.
1: You know, in fact, I wanted to talk about the things that we talked about last time, and I wanted to follow up with you because I did do some more research. Like you brought up some studies, for example, that showed that. Uh, Asian people, by virtue of their last name, you know, if your last name is Shu or Wong, you're gonna you're less likely to get callbacks, you know, in interviews, which is a, a common thing. Well, I, I actually looked at new Mac microeconomic studies, Tian Low, 2009. Right now, at this moment, conditional upon education, Asian males and black females earn more conditional on education than the average American. So, in actuality, what you're seeing here—I mean, and, and so this—this this is not a—Sir, let me you know, just—you need and stop more you education to, ha- that, to make more in this country anymore. That's, that's
0: what you have just proclaimed is 100% untrue, based on statistical data.
1: I'm I, I, white. Hey, white individuals. Ken Luo. Let, Luo I, I'm going to
0: go ahead and cite something to you. I'm going to cite it to you, brother. Sure. Uh, based on the Department of Labor statistics. Uh, Black people, black males make around 70 cent on the dollar as their white male counterparts in a similar job, similar experience, similar degree. Black females are ticking uh, in a very similar way around 68 cent per dollar. Very same elements apply. Let me go ahead and highlight to you um, the 28% callback study. That was conducted by the University of Toronto and Ryerson University. They both did blind studies and had the same conclusive data. You can look this up when you get a moment. You can look it up while I'm talking to you. Job applicants with Asian sounding names received 28% less callbacks for an interview than if you kept all of the information the same and put an Anglo sounding name. On the application, NPR reports that university research researchers base their results on data directly from the American Economic Association study. Kenny, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. You are one of the Asian mm-hmm. Americans. You don't. Do you feel that discrimination is a real thing in America? That Asian Americans are actually discriminated against. Do you at least agree to that?
1: I mean look at my book. My book is about Asian discrimination. It's called okay. An Inconvenient Minority. It's about how the Ivy Leagues discriminate against Americans. You know, okay, so it's you do believe Asian that Americans.
0: discrimination.
1: Well, so I'm, not, black I'm not are I'm not, too, not privy right? to the fact that the people are discriminated against right. in this country all the time. For so you agree that reason, black folks are height, height, also discriminated race, race, against something
0: yes, like question. that. Black people also are discriminated against as well, correct? Of course. Okay.
1: Okay. But the 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 in in certain scenarios, yes. Mm-hmm. But I, let me give you another thing. Right now, so are Asians right only now, discriminated against? Right now, let me ask you, you brother
0: Kenny. Are Asians only discriminated against in certain scenarios? Scenarios, or is there discrimination against across the board?
1: Yeah, and only in certain scenarios. Okay. I just brought up to you this study Tian Lo. Asian Americans, you know, make Asian men make mm-hmm. higher incomes, comparative on education, controlled for education level. So do black women. By the way, so do black women. So it's not necessarily a race thing, but I'll give you another Sir, example. That, that,
0: the study that you're citing, you're Hey, if you're Kenny, black in this, country, hey, brother, black in this country today, Kenny, Dr. Kenny, Ritchie, if you want a second, professorial
1: brother. position or you want to get into an Ivy League college, Kenny, you have a significantly higher chance given your educational credentials than Kenny, other people. So you're not just discriminated against in this system. That's what Kenny, I mean. To-
0: let, let, me, let me say this to you, man, I don't mean to inter- interrupt you. Um, But I do have to. I do have two roles here. One, I am host of the show and I have to be moderator as well as a debater with you. Okay. If I were on your show, I would respect your format and program. I know how to be a guest in another man's home. I'm going to ask that you know how to be a guest in mine. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me correct you on one item. The study that you are mentioning is considered an outlier study. Meaning it is contrary to the normative study of 90 plus percent of the survey field. It is an outlier study with contrary data. The vast majority of the research science shows clearly that African Americans make less on the dollar that is simply the truth. And that's from the uh, labor of bureau statistics, real simple study to find. It's not complicated at all. 80% of Asian Americans say that they are actively discriminated against, and that the discrimination has led to employment discrimination as well. 59% said it was adverse, that discrimination was so adverse that it directly resulted in less pay from a job. And then you bring up the Ivy League institutions. Let me take you to Harvard because you did did some extensive writing about Harvard, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Harvard. Uh, This is directly from the Harvard recruitment site that they report to the Department of Education. Uh, They started a race conscious system where they had to look at race as a variable. Are you with me so far? Right. Okay, your proclamation is somehow it created an adversarial atmosphere to the uh, recruitment or the acceptance of Asian American students, am I right so far? Yep. Okay, here's the data, sir. According to those statistics that were submitted and sworn by way of affidavit to the Department of Education, Harvard's admission statistics show that the share of its admitted class that Asian American students after they looked at race and became a race conscious institution, Asian Americans, grew by 27% in their actual student body. Asians were accepted into the institution at a higher level Mm -hmm. when race was a factor, not a lower level. And let me also do this because it's important to the conversation of the Asian community. You made a claim last time you were on my show. You said, hey, why do Asians do better at this? Why do they do better at that? And truly, they do better in some areas, they do worse in some areas. But when you look yeah. at data, when you look at data, you have to look at the fine print, brother. So let me give you the fine print. The Asian community is broken down into various communities like Nepalese, Hmong, and others. Let me give you a stat. The poverty rate among the Napalese American, which is codified as Asian American in the survey. Is 21% higher than the official poverty rate. They're actually poorer. When you look at Hmong Americans, they are 20% less likely to have a bachelor's degree than the average American. They are codified in the Asian statistics. And when you look at uh Indian Americans, they are 70% of them have a bachelor's degree and are higher on the spectrum, more so than the average American. American, So you have fluctuations, if the idea was that the Asian community simply does better line by line and item by item, you are now discounting the Nepalese. You are now discounting the Mong. And if you're saying that somehow all you have to do brother is do better and not look at a race related system approach, And that means you stand against 80% of Asian Americans who say yes, racism has adversely impacted me and my family. I believe those personal stories inside your community.
1: Can I get a little time to talk here? Yep. Okay, first of all, black Americans are not discriminated in every facet of society. Black Americans are actually discriminated for in the Harvard race conscious system. Okay, so that's already, an example that we can point to that shows, hey, it's not a blanket racist, discriminatory country against blacks, against Asian in certain scenarios. Yes, Asians potentially have faced discrimination in the, in the Ivy Leagues. Asians definitely definitely face discrimination. Harvard's own study, 43%, Harvard would be 43% Asian. Its own study, Office of Institutional Research 2013. Asians would be 43% of Harvard if they were admitted solely on the basis Of merit. Instead, because of a race conscious system, they're cut down to less than half of that to about 20% of the college. Okay. Finally Kenny, I'm gonna
0: talk about the word merit because I the, think you're utilizing it incorrectly. Based Go on ahead.
1: objective merit, you know, grades, test scores, extracurriculars, the things that harm anybody would agree we should merit, be using Merit is,
0: Merit is never objective. Merit is subjective mm-hmm. because of the needs of the institution and the background of the scholar. I may not want a 4.0 student that does zero extracurricular activities. Maybe I want a 3.5 student who's president of the student government. That is an objective standard set by the institution. Continue.
1: That, okay. Finally, to the point about teaching race in schools. You know, this ultimately you don't want a system that that causes people to to blame the structures of society okay. for whatever inequities are are present in their society or their own life because. What that does is it just creates an atmosphere where a person is unlikely to want to achieve to get to a higher position in life. All right, well, that definitely has not been the result of the data because we
0: are not blaming, we are setting remedy. You cannot change what you fail to acknowledge. The systems including the Chinese Exclusionary Act, they were changed because individuals blame the government For that act and said it must be fixed. So you can't fix brother what you failed to acknowledge. Kenny, I'm flat out of time. I do appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, man. Okay,
1: thank you.